Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version. I am host Maria Leonard Olson. You can find out more about me and my work at MariaLeonardOlson.com or follow me on social media at 50 After 50. I have the great pleasure and honor of interviewing inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine. And I love talking to these women. They always bring something new and fresh, a perspective for women everywhere to reconsider where they are in their lives, what changes they might like to make, because not making a change is a choice too. And most of us often fall into patterns where we simply settle for the safety of sameness, but that is not me. And that is not a lot of my listeners. So today I am so grateful to introduce you to a woman I met who you can't see, but you'll see her picture, but uh, she's stunningly beautiful. Her name is Batul Sadiq. She works in the DMV area. For those of you not in Washington, DC, that means the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia. Batul is the founder, owner, and wardrobe stylist at BHS Image Consulting, where she works with women to identify their personal style and guides them in curating a fun and functional wardrobe to enhance their lives, empower their spirits, and achieve their goals. BHS Image Consulting is the realization of a dream that started in the heart of the fashion district in New York City, where she received extensive training from industry veterans and had the opportunity to collaborate with fellow creatives. She continued her journey in the neighborhoods of San Francisco and learned the value of a holistic approach to the art of dress in addition to its impact on individuals, communities, and the environment around the globe. Her initial desire to support women at different stages of life and encourage them to strip themselves of the labels placed on them has grown with time. There is no budget, body type, or image standard, but rather the unique needs of people looking to share their spark with the world. Batul says. Since 2005, she has used her academic and professional experiences to assist women across the country from all backgrounds to reveal their most authentic selves through their wardrobe, styling, and image. Her time spent at the Fashion Institute of Technology and San Francisco State University, combined with her Asian American Muslim upbringing, has shaped her perspective on the way we dress and its global impact on business, environments, and people. Batul is also is an image consulting coach for Emerge Consulting Solutions. She's an active member of Fashion Group International and a blog contributor at Mind, Body, Soul Sisters. You can check out the show notes to follow her work. It is a tremendous resource, everyone. I very much, I very much urge you to take a look and change, tweak a few things in your life. It'll make you feel good. So welcome, Batul. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me today. 
Well, we were at a women's empowerment uh, event and I saw this luminous woman crossing the room, completely put together in all respects. And very, you have a very calming, uh, calm, serene energy about you that I'm sure your clients gravitate towards. So I thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. I would love to hear how did someone with your background in academics decide to use your gifts in the way you are using them now? Yeah, no, great question. So um, for me, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey. Uh, so uh, lovely, lovely people. Food is always amazing <laughs> wherever mm. you go. Um, but from a young age, I, I realized that as an Asian American Muslim in an environment where, you know, my classmates didn't look like me, um, it, it was an eye-opening experience. Uh, and I learned from a young age that the way we dress has such an impact on the interactions we have with others. And so being able to see all of the different interpretations of dress was very inspiring to me. Um, and I very quickly observed and learned um, how it affected the opportunities presented to me. And so, um, you know, when you're young, you've become accustomed to the environment you're in. And mm -hmm. so there was bullying, there was racism, right, that we do deal with. Um, and that was my normal. It didn't occur to me that that environment um, was not normal. Uh, but over time, as I grew and I moved into different spaces um, and through my observations, I was able to transition myself um, through my manner of dress in the different spaces I was in. Um, the Asian American experience is so unique because on some level you feel like you're living in two worlds, parallel universes almost. At the same I feel time. that, absolutely feel that right. dual consciousness. Mm -hmm. Dual consciousness and you're switching between languages and foods and flavors. And mm -hmm. so um, I had become somewhat of a chameleon. Yes. Uh, and I used my manner of dress um, and dressed in a way that I felt was what people wanted in any given space I was in. Mm -hmm. And so it took me quite some time to really find my authentic voice uh, through the way I dressed and um, kind of do away with all the voices in my head um, that had kind of firmly rooted themselves <laughs> in my mind. Absolutely, um, I feel that, oh my gosh, you, this resonates so much with me. So sorry to interrupt, continue. Yeah. So what happened? So, and, and you know, as a young person, I, I ended up becoming a young mom um, and uh, I moved across the country and I was very adamant about um, living what I felt was the glamorous working mom life. You know, I wanted to be that woman who could manage it all, the kids and the partner and the home and um, the look and these this high power position. And so, I ventured out into the working world thinking how glamorous it will be. Um, and what I didn't know at the time is that I was limiting myself because of my views. Um, I had come to this idea that I was not deserving of certain positions, of certain accolades, of being in certain spaces because somehow that was designated for others. 
And so I ended up taking this position and I, I worked hard. I excelled in my role. And I finally mustered up the courage to ask for what I thought was a raise, but when in reality, I was asking for a fair wage. Mm. And I didn't know that at the time um, because I was kind of wide-eyed and excited. And it wasn't until my boss looked me in the eye and he said, I don't need to pay you that much because your husband pays your bills. Oh my gosh. And I was shocked, not just by the fact that he felt that way, but by the fact he was bold enough to look me in the eye and tell me that with a straight face. That's actually legally actionable. Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, the first thought, you know, or emotions, you know, I was angry, I was upset. Um, Looking back, it was a turning point because I took a step back and I analyzed where I was, what my goals were, and was the way I was dressing, the way I was speaking about myself, was that in alignment with what those goals really were? And so in terms of the work I do and the services that I provide from closet edits to styling sessions, Um, and and really working with women to identify their goals so that the way they dress is an authentic reflection of that, that is everything I did for myself Mm. in that moment. And I, I went through that process. I went home and I looked in my closet and I was unhappy. Not because there wasn't a lot of stuff, right? (laughs) There's always a lot of stuff, but it wasn't serving me in the way it needed to. And so I went through, I got rid of things. And over time, I made sure I added pieces and was putting together looks that was more authentic to me Um, and not being ashamed or being made to feel ashamed of who I was, what my beliefs were, um, you know, how many kids I had or whatever my decisions were, I owned it Mm -hmm. versus being a victim of it. And, you know, from that point on, I moved into positions where I was valued um, and I made sure that I was in um, spaces with other women who were empowering, uh, you know, and who were supportive of one another. Um, and I attracted that through my change in actions and, and through the change of the way I was presenting myself. Um, And so that was definitely an eye-opening experience. And while at the time it was very frustrating and upsetting, um, I'm almost grateful Mm -hmm. for the experiences. Um, You know, I learned from the racism I've experienced and those microaggressions, and it's um, really added to my understanding of my interactions with others. Um, And it's, it's been quite the journey. Um, that brought me to this um, business where I'm an entrepreneur and I'm able to use my skills and experiences to be of service to other women who are also transitioning in their own ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it is like in my case from being that stay-at-home mom to um, a professional uh, working woman outside of the home, um, whether it's, you know, for someone who is 
um, you know, coming out of a divorce or maybe they're transitioning um, into retirement life. And so as women, we go through these different periods of transition. Um, and it's so important that the way we present ourselves is in alignment with where we want to be at that point in time. Wow, that's so much deeper than I imagine some people consider stylish and stylists and image consultants. Do you face that sometimes with friends and relatives who think that maybe what you do is more superficial because it's not? Absolutely. Um, from the time I remember um, growing up in a community where being a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer um, is very much valued. And of course those positions do have value. Um, to study something like fashion was looked down upon. Mm -hmm. And I did hear you know, the comments and the assumptions that perhaps academically I was not a very strong student. Oh, that's why I was pursuing, you know, something that was the arts, right? Who does that? <laughs> oh my gosh, seriously. Um, and again, my experience has taught me that you just have to let the comments slide off of you. Um, it's the whole Teflon Velcro situation where um, you need to let the positive thoughts stick to you like Velcro and allow the negative thoughts to slide off of you like Teflon. <laughs> oh, I have not heard that analogy. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And so um, again, my experiences had brought me to a point where I was strong enough to kind of drown out the extra clutter in my, in my mind and the voices that were doubting me. Um, and so I was able to kind of move past that. And, and now um, those same individuals, I think they've come around and they understand because it was a lack of understanding yes. um, and it was an unknown for them. As is the case with most things in life, like people who have never met a trans individual are sometimes are afraid because they don't know, they don't know what they don't know. And if yeah. every person met, a trans individual, they would realize that person is human like the rest of us. Absolutely. I've had these conversations and it's, it's, it's sad to me that fear is an underpinning of so much misunderstanding in our society. Absolutely. And so as women, when we take the steps to break through outside of that, what we are able to bring to society at large is so rewarding yes. for the people we meet yes. um, who end up learning from our um, courage to step outside of the box that we've been placed inside of um, yes. for sure. And, you know, a lot, it, and it is, a, you know, it's fun. You get your designer handbag and your, your cool blazer and the colors and it's fun. Um, but in working with women coming from different experiences, um, some of whom have body disorders, so maybe the way they view themselves is inconsistent with what I'm seeing. I'm mm -hmm. seeing this beautiful woman in front of me. She's successful. Um, she has what you would think everyone else would want and aspire to be. Um, but really delving deeper um, is the first step for me. Um, and once we're able to work through the labels and find the core of what would make them content with the way they are dressed and presenting themselves in the different settings they're in, um, that's where the magic happens. 
Yes, I bet that must be so rewarding to see someone transform to have their style match who they really are, as opposed to who their family or friends or society has told them they're supposed to be. My my Asian mom frequently tells me I dress inappropriately young and I have inappropriately long hair for my age at 59. And I just let it slide off of me because I'm not going to change her at age 80. Yeah, Mm. And, And it's hard. It's really hard to let go of what we've been taught and what is normal, Um, you know, and who knows what normal is anyway, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) I love it. And so it's not about chasing trends. You know, we Mm. want to be updated. We want to be happy with the way we look and and shopping is fun. And we add those pieces from season to season. Um, But it's really not running after the trends, especially when we are at a point in our lives where it's not about impressing others. It's we're not, you know, that um, young, young girl, that young mom um, looking for approval from a boss, um, you know, kind of begging for that raise but rather we are at a point where we're more comfortable with who we are. And um, while we still transition and, and there's always moments of learning and exploration, regardless of uh, what period of life we're in, um, it's just knowing that it's okay to be more authentic. And ultimately that comes across um, to the others um, that we you know, come across in our daily lives. And that's where, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's what draws people to us. It's not trying to be something else or someone else, but it is being uniquely us and finding our own spark that Uh, helps us accomplish what we wanted all along, which was, right? It's almost like (laughs) the way we were, what we were looking for, we didn't know how to get it. And so we finally learned how to do that. Oh my gosh, it took me 50 years to finally understand this. And I know you're younger than I am, or at least you look younger than I am. And I'm so happy that you're helping equip women to break through the shackles of all these rocks that we carry around for, for years without even noticing it in some cases. Mm-hmm. Can you tell a story or without naming a name of someone who um, who transitioned with your help to a style more authentic to who they were and how that affected you in observing, witnessing this. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one particular uh, woman comes to mind and when you meet people for the first time, you feel that connection, right? Um, And so from the first time I met her, I knew that we needed to work together um, because she's such a great personality. Um, That being said, I found so much resistance at Mm. first. Um, And a lot of that came from the mindset that I'm not deserving, right? This look, this, you know, this cool way of dressing, like this is for the other girl. This is for the other woman. This is not me. This is not something that I can achieve or that I am worthy of. Mm. And so it took a little bit of time to work through that as to why not, right? Why not us? Why not me? 
um, to, to do this and to dress this way and to have the audacity to be that person, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And this particular person dealt with um, certain body image issues um, and, and health um, issues that she was struggling with. And um, for me, I'm not an expert in those things and I don't try to be. And, and I always encourage my clients to reach out to experts who can help them through those difficulties and health challenges. Mm-hmm. For me, I am support. I am your cheerleader and I'm in your corner and I will always support you in your journey. And so we worked together and it was a little rocky at first. We were both committed to the process. Um, But when there's resistance that we have to work through, it takes a few extra steps and it takes time. And that's the one thing women don't realize. They think it's kind of a, you know, one hour um, styling show where you're going to walk in and you're going to walk out with complete makeover (laughs) and look completely different in in 45 minutes to an hour. Um, But building that curated wardrobe is a process. And, you know, the women I work with are, are committed to that process. And so when she started becoming receptive to the suggestions I was making and she saw that it was making a difference. So versus being the person who was talked over in the work meeting, people stopped, they listened, they gave value to um, whatever idea she was bringing to the table. And so when she saw that shift, I saw in her that kind of light bulb went off that yes, this is not me faking it. It's not faking it till I make it. This is me. This is who I am. And this is how I feel comfortable and happy dressing. And now that I am comfortable literally in my own shoes, (laughs) um, other people understand that this is kind of where I am and they need to meet me where I am Mm. versus the other way around. And like I mentioned, she's very successful in her own way, in her position. But there were certain roadblocks that were precluding her from feeling like she was being heard um, and for her ideas to be given value and and such an intelligent person and and so much to offer, um, you know, in the position she was in. And so it, it took a few months for us to get from where we started to the slowly changing her wardrobe and adding pieces and removing. Um, But when she started seeing how the conversation was shifting and how she was commanding the respect in the space she was in, that definitely acted as a catalyst for her to continue with the process. And so for me to be in support of women and their journey is the greatest I mean, it's such a wonderful feeling. And I know someone asked me many, many years ago when I was young, what is your why, right? Why do you do what you do? And as a young person, I didn't know. I, you know, you want the accolade, you want people to think you're so great and you want the money. And, and I've realized that the why is really that transformation. When I get to see that upfront from the front row, Um, that confidence shine through and to really see 
the changes in the everyday life, whether it's attracting the partner that's right for us, whether it's, um, you know, attracting the positions and the um, spaces we're in that are right for us, that is the why, that is the reward um, that I receive. And, and for this particular woman, um, you know, I continue to work with her, um, you know, from season to season. And, and it's, it's always wonderful how our relationship has developed from that first time we spoke and, and there was that resistance to the process again, because we assume it's kind of superficial and, oh, you just want me to spend money on an expensive handbag, and, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, realizing it's more than that. It really is. Wow. I, I hear that it is confidence inducing to feel good about how you present yourself to the world. Absolutely. I hear that in what you're saying. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the confidence may be there, but it's just, you know, I'm trying to come through. It's trying to work through the labels and, and all that we've experienced um, and just to have it shine through to the forefront. Yeah. yeah. So many of our listeners are also thinking of starting a business. Do you have a tip you might share for a wannabe entrepreneur about it's scary to stop whatever you're in, you're doing and to start your own business. It's a lot of exposure, both personally, perhaps financially. So maybe a tip you might share about yeah. doing it. So two things. Um, the, the first thing is do not seek perfection. Um, it will not be perfect and become comfortable with that. <laughs> good advice, good advice. I, I'm quite the perfectionist. I want everything to be perfect in the colors and, and the brands and, and all. It's not going to be, and nobody will notice. <laughs> so let go of the idea that it has to be perfect um, because that leads to inaction. And the best thing to do is to get started. And when you get started, you'll learn what's working, what's not working, and you'll readjust and recalibrate um, until you find what's what's really um, best for you and your business. But definitely um, don't seek perfection. Good advice. Yeah. And, and I, the other thing is it's scary, like you said, financially, right? I'm not getting, a, you know, what if I don't get a steady paycheck or how am I going to do this and that? And when we come from a place of scarcity, that's what we attract. Mm. And so it's important that we take those calculated risks and, and have faith that when we are doing what we love and when we are fulfilling our why, that the things we need to attract will come to us. And so you know, for me, when I work with these women and they're, they're amazing individuals, they see the passion I have and how invested I am in supporting them. And ultimately they want to work with me, you know, that they, they ask, you know, for consultations and, and, you know, we're setting up appointments and all of that comes and follows when your purpose is there. And so those are the two um, tips I would have for you know, someone um, who wants to jump into the world of entrepreneurship is, is forget about perfection and make sure you're pursuing your why. Those and, are and what needs to come will come. Those are excellent. And they probably dovetail nicely into the question I ask of all of our guests, which is, 
what do you do to become your best version? Yeah. So what I do to become my best version, first and foremost, is I give myself permission to be that person. And I affirm every morning that I'm worthy and deserving of being the best version of myself. And every day I identify, what will this woman be doing? You know, what will she be eating? What will she be wearing? What spaces is she putting herself in? Who is she connecting with um, that is supporting her in her journey? And in giving myself permission to be that person and taking actionable steps every day to do the things that she will be doing is what helps me get closer to being that best version of myself. Wow, that is an excellent answer, unlike any other I have received. And I love that every woman has a different take on what it is that will help her individually become her best version. I thank you so much for being on our show. I urge you to look at Batul's many offerings, including a very helpful blog with concrete steps for how you might go after the job of your dreams. Uh, there, there are a lot of good tips on her website and reach out to her if you could use a refresh, a way to build your confidence. If you don't feel like you are presenting your authentic self to the world, this is a woman with a great deal of wisdom, understanding, who has moved in a lot of different spaces in corporate America and in uh, very diverse situations. And I thank you for sharing your light and your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much, Maria. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. So join us again next week for another inspiring woman whose voice we will elevate and spread some more good ideas. Thank you.